Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, you're listening to KILT, KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. We got a lot of headlines to get to here in the 8 at 8. We call it the Ocho, and here we go. One. One. Um, D'Amico Ryans meets with the media today at noon at the NFL Combine. So uh, head coaches, GMs, get 15 minutes with the national media. Seth, over, under on number of C.J. Stroud questions to D'Amico Ryans. I will put at two and a half. How long is he up there? 10 Fif- minutes? 15 minutes, I think, are the intervals. Oh, 15 minutes. Yeah, I believe. That's brutal. Yeah. He's going to get... Uh, are you putting the over-under at two and a half? On, on Stroud questions. I'm actually going to put it at three and a half because he's going to get at least one question about the S2. He's oh. going to get one question about this time last year. Yeah. He's going to get one question about Bryce Young Okay. Uh, as a reflection of that. Oh. And then one more. Just, okay. And somebody's going, to repeat one of the, somebody's going to repeat one of the previous questions. How does D'Amico... So there'll be at least four. Yeah, four. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would have gone over two and a half also. How does D'Amico handle a question from the national media who don't have to deal with D'Amico on a daily basis when the season rolls around so they, they can be a little bit more... Uh, devil may care with their questions. Yeah. How does D'Amico handle a comparative question of the two quarterbacks at the top of last year's draft, do you think? Um, if I were him, I would handle it this way. I don't want to be accused of tampering. Ah, <laughs> good go. job, Seth. Yeah. So, no, but other than that, I, like you know how he's going to handle it. He's going to say he thought that he was very impressed when they played him. He had a lot of challenges, and he, he still thinks he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he would go as far as saying, like, hey, I would, I would love for one of those two guys to just kind of afterwards say the same thing D'Amico said beforehand, uh, before the draft, where he said, yeah, there's two guys at the top, and we're going to take one of them. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And then everybody proceeded to ignore him for the yeah. most part. So, uh, like, now that you have your guy in CJ, and he's your guy, and you've got a relationship with him, I mean, you got to be careful about saying, like, yeah, you know, pretty much flip a coin. We didn't feel one way or the other. But, like, say that... Go ahead and say that about your wife, you know, Sean. Go home and be like, you know, Amy, I'm glad you're one of the two yeah. people that just ran. I randomly chose to mm-hmm. be my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad about where I am right now. Yeah, There's but what you about and her, Susie? Yeah. And I'm glad Susie, Susie. just kind of glad Susie dumped me. That because that, that's what it is, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, you weren't my first choice, but Susie dumped. I was I was happy with either of you, but Susie dumped me. Yep, and yep. now I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> uh, so D'Amico at noon today, Nick at noon tomorrow, Nick Casario noon tomorrow at the uh, at the combine. Two. Um, franchise tags, unlikely. We just mentioned this in the previous segment. We'll mention it again for those of you getting in your cars. Uh, the running back position in free agency is going to be flush with names, including, it looks like, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, neither of whom expect to receive franchise tags from their previous employers, the Raiders and the Giants. I wonder if ultimately this is what's come from the running back summit last year, where running backs are unhappy with how little money they're making. You know, compared to other NFL players, not not you people listening, yeah. other than maybe like four of you. But uh, the, I wonder if it's kind of come to this where teams are like, all right, listen, yeah, we'll let the guy test free agency. Like, uh, you know, it's good. running franchise tagging of a running back is going to be more of a headache than it's worth. Uh, the very reason we don't want to pay you that much money is that we don't actually love you that much anyway. So yeah, go ahead and test free agency. And yeah, we'll see what happens. I I wonder. And, and maybe you see more re-signing of their own though too after the market is set. maybe maybe. I think every team that drafts a running back in the first round goes into it with their best case scenario being fifth year option franchise tag for years five and six. Yeah, every you know, four year rookie quarter rookie contract fifth year yeah. option. Franchise. That's that's what Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley just went through. I think that you know Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. uh, sat out the entire season. I feel like he. I feel like he should be martyred a little bit, and that that's an option that teams have to consider now. Like, okay, even if we think it's dumb for the guy to do it, he might actually do it. Yeah. So, all right, let's just we'll figure something out. We want our running back to be happy. Like, okay, we'll. We'll figure out a two- or three-year deal or something. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, to factor in with these two specific ones, Barkley and Jacobs, is are there teams at a stage in their roster construction where it makes sense to pay $10 million a year for the next few years of Jacobs and Barkley? Like, what's the right. ceiling for their – like, what are we doing? Like, we're bringing this guy in to come back, give him the ball 275 times – so we win six games this year. Right. Yeah, the same argument against drafting a court, uh, running back number two overall when you're <laughs> yes. the New York Giants in the yes. first place. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Three. Um, good news for um, for Janice McNair and um, and I would say Cal McNair as well. Um, Kerry McNair, the brother of Cal McNair, eldest son of Janice McNair, who is the owner of the Houston Texans, Uh the uh, the court case, the court saga surrounding the guardianship case that Kerry McNair was seeking over his mother, Janice McNair, is over. It's come to an end. All sides have filed a dismissal of the lawsuit uh, that Kerry McNair was trying to uh, get guardianship over her and her estate last November, um, citing medical conditions and wanting Janice to undergo evaluations and things like that. She was able to get that squashed, having to undergo an independent evaluation by a doctor, and then the next logical step was this case was going to get dropped after that. So here we are. You know, one thing that you and I do to try to kind of figure out what's popping in sports in Houston right this moment is we'll look at the Chronicle website, and they have their top stories listed, yeah. the most popular, I'm assuming most clicked-upon stories. This has been almost every time something comes out about this situation, it's one of the top stories and yet, I don't necessarily feel a groundswell of, 
demand from our listeners that we talk about it. So I think it's a couple. I think it's a matter of it being kind of a crossover. Like non sports fans are probably interested in this because it's family, rich people, family drama. You know, it's like watching millions on cable or something. Um, but then it's also something I, I think it's like a quick news tidbit and like barring any. Now, now, if there had been testimony and they were dishing about things and it got gossipy, then that would be one thing. But um, I, like, I, if you felt like there's a huge demand no. from people to hear about this, no, not at all. Um, I think this is one of those stories that it's a sports story and that it brushes up against sports. I think yeah. it gets huge clicks from people who like soap opera. Right, um, right. You know, I it think, looks it has all the looks of a soap opera. Yeah. There aren't the juicy details involved necessarily, at least there hadn't been as all this was going on. Yep. So it gets a lot of clicks, but it's not necessarily uh just it's it's not something you're gonna talk about for twenty seven minutes. Happy for happy for Janice that it's over. I you know, she's eighty seven years old. You don't need litigation going on amongst your family when you're you know, you're in your eighties. Yeah, I guess I just don't know like uh, I mean Legal legal proceedings never have to be over if somebody doesn't want them to be over. Fair. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Four. Um, yeah, happy for now, right? <laughs> happy yeah. for now. Um, Astros lineup is out for today. Seth, the new era is upon us. Jordan Alvarez in the two-hole today for the Astros against the Washington Nationals. Um, I would say this is the <laughs> closest lineup. The, the Nationals actually put out a jersey a few years ago where they left out the like the O or something like that in the jersey. It wasn't, it wasn't N-A-T apostrophe L-S no, or anything? No, no, they, it was, they, they messed, messed up. up. Yeah, yeah, they oh. called it the Natinals. Um Long time ago. Um, this is probably the closest lineup that we've seen, definitely the closest lineup that we've seen in uh, spring training so far to what it's going to look like in the regular season. Altuve 1, Jordan 2, Bregman 3, mm. Tucker 4, Abreu 5, Yiner 6, Jeremy Pena 7, and then you've got Corey Jolks and Mauricio Dubon in left field and center field. I would say you swap those two out for Chaz and Jake Myers, and that's probably your you know, closest thing we're going to see. Jose Urquidy on the mound today, by the way. Um, but uh, anxious to watch the whole Jordan in the two-hole thing today. Well, I'm I'd like, I, Jordan's going to be good no matter where you put him. That 5-6-7 and watching how that shuffles around is yes. going to be the interesting one. That could go... That could go multiple directions with Abreu, Yiner, and Pena. Um, I think like everybody, most people would prefer that Pena kind of ascend to where you hope he would be, and he's in that top five in the lineup at some point relatively quickly. But I'm not opposed to Abreu having a, a magical comeback tour. Dude, you throw Chaz in there in left field instead of Jolks, and yeah. you get a B to B-plus version of Abreu, Diaz, and Pena, and this lineup is a beast. I'm not, you know, like you don't even need like MVP Abreu and World Series MVP Pena and Yiner at his peak skills last year in his rookie year. Like you get the B, B plus version of those guys. And that is that is one tough one through eight right there, man. If Jake ever figures it out, my God. Five. All right, quickly here. Coog's up to number one in the AP and coaches poll. UConn losing last week helped out with that. The Coogs move up. To uh, to number one in the country, man. Kelvin Sampson is a witch. Like he move up to the Big Twelve. Cool. Not only are we going to lead the conference, we're going to be the number one freaking team in the country while we're at it here too. And he just keeps shuffling new guys through there. And it's the same ethos. It's the same culture with that team that's built on defense and grittiness and everything else. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's got a machine going there right now. I, and I would submit to you this too, Sean. Mm-hmm. I got to bring up Kelvin Sampson more often. 
when people make the argument that uh, that a coach like Bill Belichick is too grumpy for today's youth. Like Calvin Sampson, if if God forbid, if uh, if University of Houston had a setback next year for whatever reason, it could be because like uh, something completely out of Calvin Sampson's control happened. People would point to Calvin Sampson is just too old school for these young kids. They're not going to respond to a guy like that. Like no, they still risk. Yeah. If you guys listen, have you seen the way some of these these coaches at seven on seven camps coach? <laughs> I don't want them to coach that way. It's not the right way to coach, but kids respond to it. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's the right way to coach. Um, but like, in, like, like, and that's the extreme level. Calvin Sampson is an old school, hardcore. Uh, like taskmaster of a coach who gets the absolute most out of these kids that are supposedly too soft to handle coaching like yeah, that. Yeah, I applaud you, younger generation. Some kids want to be only coached. several of you, but the <laughs> ones that do. Yes. Some of you, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, look, some kids want to be coached that way, man. And Kelvin yeah. Sampson's able to—he's able to find those those types of kids. Um, I am anxious because they play tonight. They play Cincinnati tonight. I'm going to the game. I'm very excited. Kelvin Sampson's going to do media, and I'm sure we'll get asked about being number one in the country. And we're going to get a nice surly answer, which which I am no stranger to. All that bugabaloo you just said is now who's saying that? Yeah, that was me who said that. <laughs> that was that was, that was Kelvin Sampson saying that You're to a me. Bugabaloo monger. That's when I, knows That's it. when they made the Sweet Sixteen, and they were the two seed in their region, and the other yeah. three teams were like the nine, the ten, and the thirteen. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, is there any? You know, is there any trepidation that you're considered that heavy a favorite? In you know that there could be let up or what? I forget how I phrased the question. Yeah, not a fan of the question. Bugabaloo, you just said this. Now, who's saying that? Yeah, who's saying? I was like Sean. <laughs> he goes, no, no, no. I know who you are. Who's saying like, that? I'm like well, my co-host Seth. <laughs> I did the old. I did the old people. <laughs> people. <laughs> it's a word on the street. Yeah. People are saying it. Six. Um. This A's move to Vegas uh, has been, I don't know if I say botched, but it is it has hit some bumps in the road, man. And I need this thing to happen because I want to make road trips to Vegas to watch the Astros play. Um, oh. But now the $380 million in funding that the owners of the A's have secured with the city of Oakland is... Attempting the the Nevada Teachers Organization, the Nevada Teachers Association. I don't have the exact name in front of me here. My link froze. Um, they're trying to block the A's move to Vegas because yeah, the three hundred eighty million might be better spent on you know things like books and teachers and things like that. Yeah, this gets dicey. When you, uh, we we we'd love to do a four hour podcast on the murkiness of uh, the, the economics of pro sports and whether they do juice the local economy or not. I do feel like Las Vegas itself. Might have some pretty damn good information about just how much stuff like this does yes. either stoke the economy or not. And I think it's different than every other place in the country. Yep. You know, when we were out there in Las Vegas talking to people just like about the hockey team, for one, um, and kind of what it meant to the city, but also the advantage that the advantage that you get by opposing players not being able to hold off on the Vegas nightlife. Um, that's not the economic part of it. That's just me as a competitor thinking about it. But the but the the difference in Las Vegas is that you get so many visiting fans into this into the city, then way more than you do at other places. You know, I mean, Dallas might have a little bit of that because they've got such a huge stadium that there's always a lot of opposing fans there. Um, Vegas gets so many people to come in and spend a lot of money on the tickets and then a lot of money elsewhere 
that I, I, I got to feel like there's an argument that, no, this makes sense. Yeah, it's a good point. Some of these other cities, it's bogus, but in this, in Vegas, it makes sense. It'll increase the tax base, yeah. uh, you know, either directly or indirectly by having the team They're there. doing stuff all day long when they go to games there. You know, you're playing blackjack in the morning and you're going to yeah. a show at night, you know? This is what I worry about from the Astros' perspective, though. We were talking to that one musician about the, the Vegas flu. That the uh, when teams come in, when NHL players come in, they get the Vegas flu, yeah. and they look like they don't play all that hot because they've been out late or doing whatever. I worry about a baseball team being there for a four game series. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's sure. A, that's yeah. a whole lot of distraction over the well, course of four evenings. The man. A's need every advantage they can get. So um, I demand that the Astros fly home after every game. Each game? In a four-game series, Carpool. yes. They, they play the game, and they, they fly home, yes. and then fly back again the next morning. Yep. Seven. Um, LeBron James made, uh, made some news yesterday. Um, so, Bronny, his son, who plays at USC, he's a freshman at USC, and plays on the basketball team there. One of the better high school players in the country and highly recruited, you would expect, LeBron James kid. Um, made news yesterday because Bronny had largely been thought to be a one-and-done guy going into college, but it's not playing out that way for him at USC. He's averaging like five points a game. He's a rotational player there. Um, so ESPN.com removed Bronny from their mock draft. Like He's not getting drafted now. They think he's going to go back to school. And that got a lot of buzz yesterday. LeBron was getting a lot of attention because as recently as a few months ago, as recently as last year, I'll read a tweet from last year. Man, this is when Bronny was in high school, by the way. Man, Bronny's definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Bleep, lightweight, hilarious with a bunch of laughing emojis. You know, and LeBron has been very vocal about Bronny and his future in the NBA. Now that he's been removed from the mock draft on ESPN.com, LeBron is reverting to defensive father mode can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball the work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do if come y'all, on everybody if y'all don't know he doesn't care what a mock draft says he just works all caps Earn, sounds like you care what a mock draft says. not given LeBron. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i agree with lebron 2.0 like let the kid be a kid I think LeBron 2.0 should go back and give that same advice to LeBron 1.0 from a year ago, touting Bronny as better than the guys, some of the guys LeBron faces every night in the NBA. Yeah. Rough yeah, spot I mean, to put your kid in when you're the best basketball player on the planet. I have a, it's, it's got to be, look, uh, there's certain challenges in being LeBron James that most of us don't have to, uh, to worry about. And one of those is being a guy who's been treated. Um, the way he has since the time he was like 16 years old, I think. Uh, there's just certain times where he just doesn't quite get how um, well how much special treatment he gets. I right. This, right. Is, this is one of those glaringly evident times where I, what are they supposed to do? Stop having mock drafts? It's I don't. What the hell? <laughs> no, man. Could you please stop putting this content out that people consume en masse rapidly because uh, because my son wasn't included in the latest one? Just let a kid be a kid. Like a year ago, he's like, he's better than NBA players. I've worried about Bronny ever since I first found out that his nickname is Bronny, mm. and this is why. I couldn't think of a worse nickname to give a kid. Um, like Because it's a combination of, like, it sounds like Jabroni, or it sounds like... <laughs> Brony, which are the uh, uh, the adult male 
aficionados of My Little Pony. Like oh, really? it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. Bronies, Bronies. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. That is a take and, right there. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I've never liked the nickname Bronny. It makes me very uncomfortable. Eight. Last one. Uh, Florio's Co's Celebre for today, Seth. I feel like we should do that every day for number eight in the eight at eight. What is Florio? What is HOA Florio going off on today? Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. The thing he's standing on the table for now is for draft prospects to get yes. first-class tickets to the Combine. There's He's too tired many... of large men having to sit in middle seats and coach on the way to the Combine. Yep. <laughs> he wrote an article about this. I know. <laughs> like, several I, words. I'm torn on this because, you know... He's got a point. I feel like he's ex- sticking up for your people. Yeah, he does. He does have a point, and yet yeah. at the same time, I feel like I feel like <laughs> ah, but they don't need they don't need Florio sticking up for yeah, him. Yeah, man, that's old. The, now the reason that the the reason the combine is in Indianapolis is that it's the NFL one of the most central locations right. in, amongst NFL cities. So you can get there via a two hour flight from just about everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to fly forever, maybe three hours or so. Uh, and the, you're catching these young men when they're still in the prime of their life and they haven't had as many surgeries as they will one day have. That's true. Very, very soon. So uh, I don't here. think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Don't you can I... sit. You can sit. I sit in middle. Well, now the big guys. Yeah, they should at least uh, if, if they're if they're sending them southwest. You're they with at least Florio get on this. You're HOA Seth. Here's the thing, Sean. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with Florio, but I don't want to say it publicly. <laughs> Well, nobody's Ixnay listening. on the it's public fine. pay <laughs> speaking space. All right, so, we, uh, it's just a it's a weird headline to see. Yeah, it's, it's time, dear NFL. Yeah. It's time to fly prospects right. to the scouting right. combine yeah. in first class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> concussions, steroids, PEDs. Like, oh yeah, and flying first class. Yeah, Sean, this is how much thought Florio put into this. And usually in a newspaper, uh, they don't write their own headlines. I feel on blogs, a lot of times people do write their own headlines. I write mine, just yeah. it and put it in there. Uh, the headline is this. I'm going to read it word for word. Dear NFL, it's time to fly prospects to the scouting combine prospects in first class. That's the headline that's still up here 24 oh, hours later. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> that put tells a lot me, of thought into this. Yeah, that tells me nobody's reading it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's texted him to correct the headline. Uh, no, I've, I've – I've, Pointed out various like serious errors on their blogs, but they don't update yeah. anything. Yeah, they're they're like factually incorrect. They don't care. They just leave it up. Yeah. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. As you guys know, if you listen, it's been a lot of back and forth between the shows on this station <clears throat> about how the Texans should approach free agency. Most notably, Payne and Pendergast and in the loop, um, we got a salvo. I think it was a salvo from Ron Hughley of the Drive yesterday, but he didn't mention us by name. Is he talking mm-hmm. about Payne and Pendergast? Mm-hmm. When he said this yesterday, we will have that for you next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Good to be with you. All right, so free agency has been a white-hot topic on this station. And I think, I think ultimately... All, all three, I'll say all four, because we've got Area 45 now, although they've not come running down the aisle to jump into the Royal Rumble yet with the other three shows on how to approach free agency. I think most of us kind of want the same thing. I think most of us want the Texans to spend in free agency. I just think, you know, that uh, we got different viewpoints on it. And We're, so, Well, you, you and I are being characterized as not wanting to spend in free agency. It's odd. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and yet, like, people are arguing against us using this – some somehow myth that we don't want to spend in free agency at all. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So so anyways, um much of it has been with in the loop and probably more Lopez than Landry. I think Landry's kind of enjoyed being able to watch Lopez joust with other people, is the sense I get. Um and after listening to Lopez's response yesterday, I think at the end of the day, I think he feels we're mischaracterizing what he's saying about free agency. I think we feel like we're being portrayed maybe uh, a little inaccurately, whatever the case may be. Um, so I'm going to lay the weapons down when it comes to In the Loop and John Lopez and just say we're not going to battle via sound bites anymore. If we want to have a sit-down somewhere in a secure setting where Seth and I won't get whacked, then um, then then I'm willing to do that. We'll, we'll go sit down somewhere. But um, but then, so I, I listened to Lopez yesterday because he talked about it at the end of their show. And then um, I stuck around for crosstalk, and then I stuck around for the first segment of the drive as well. And it was a good segment. Ron Hughley going off about free agency and how the Texans should approach it. I I don't know that I agree with it, but he was very passionate about this point of view. But take a listen, and I feel like here is yet another show that's coming in off the top rope at Payne and Pendergast, but he doesn't say Payne and Pendergast. Barring the Texans signing five, the top five free agents in the, in the free agent market, which they're not going to do. Barring that, like if they go and sign like the top two guys, guys we've been talking about on the offensive side, the defensive side, if they if they go and sign Mike Evans and Justin Matabike, if they were to sign Chris Jones and 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 Saquon Barkley, if they were to sign Chris Jones and Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen and T. Higgins, who's on the franchise. If they were to sign all of, like, a combination, whatever, these guys, 
it won't prevent them from doing anything to help this team this year or down the line if they don't want to. And I get the feel that there are some people who have maybe convinced themselves that, hey, if they if they pay somebody 25 hell, $30 million or 18 whatever million dollars, like, like now what are they going to do? How are they going to sign Nico? No, no, no. They can sign Mike Evans and sign Nico Collins if they want to. If they want to. If they want to do that. There is nothing that they can do in free agency And I will give it to John. John Lopez has been trying to fight this fight. But, I mean, there is nothing that they can do that will stop them barring something crazy. All right. Uh, So, barring something crazy. He doesn't exactly establish exactly what barring something crazy. He He said if they signed, like, the five top free agents or what have you. Uh, This is the part that, honestly, it's driving me insane, is the number of people who are 100% acting like the only option for signing uh, top free agents is to sign Saquon Barkley and and Mike Evans. And that, like, no, if you don't want to sign those two, then it's because you're scared to send money. I don't, I don't get it. No matter how many times we talk about this, I'll say repeatedly, I'd like, I don't have any objections to signing uh, top-tier guys on defense. And, and I understand, uh, understand and assume the risk. There are 10 starting positions on this team right now. 10 that don't currently have a starter on the roster. Their backups are not starter quality as of yet. 10. My objection is to spend huge money at positions where, A, you already have a good play, players at wide receiver. B, at running back, it's just it's it's inherently one of the riskiest things you can do. It's dicey as hell. And I don't particularly like Saquon Barkley amongst the top running back candidates. That's my objection, is to those two guys. And yet somehow this has turned into Seth and Sean are scared to spend any money at all. They just they want to sign nothing but rookie free agents. Like I have I have no idea what the hell they're talking about, other than that I feel like they are wholesale ignoring the fact that there are 10 starting positions right now who do not have a starter. Yeah. Do not have a starter. And the one that those guys are fixated on is only is running back is one of them. And it's the one they want to be least responsible with their money on. No, I'm all for spending money on free agents, especially at positions where you have holes to fill. So um, this notion that somehow because there's a lot of cap space, then you can do anything and everything you want doesn't end up yielding issues down the road. This is the second part of what Ron said. It's just false. It's just 100% false. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong or not. Um, do, Kansas City, do the Kansas City Chiefs expect to retain all their free agents this offseason? Do they uh, expect to retain both LeJarrius Sneed? Uh, do do they, they expect to keep Drew Tranquil? Do they expect to keep all those guys? I... I don't know what the expectations are, but I know where you're going with this, which yeah. is it's gonna be the, the math is eventually gonna catch up to them on this stuff. Christian Wilkins is one of the guys that I would love the Texans to sign. Yeah. Uh, there's a chance the Dolphins, especially with his new extra cap space, might franchise tag him. But the reason that we're even talking about Christian Wilkins is that the Dolphins spent super heavily in free agency a couple years ago. They won free agency. They won the offseason. And now guys like Christian Wilkins are available. Because of that, yeah. you know, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me 
this belief that you can spend money irresponsibly and aggressively uh, and you'll be just fine. Like, do these guys understand that, yes, you get you can spend that money on Mike Evans and, and Saquon Barkley, but then you still have to go out and find those other players, yeah. too. It's not just those two guys that you're spending money. You're going to spend money on probably, like, 20 free agents uh, between now and the start of the season. So it's it's not as simple as, like, Seth, the only reason you don't want Mike Evans is because you're scared to send money. It's the dumbest counter-argument I've ever heard in the history of many counter-arguments waged against me. Sean. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, frankly, I'm insulted by the stupidity of the counter-arguments. The, um, the, the, Ron went on in, in the Open yesterday to use the Chiefs as an example of a team that has a bunch of expensive guys. You know, they've got 10 guys who are $10 million or more cap hit, and the Texans only have four right now, which is... Yeah, I mean, they, and they're managing a quarterback on a on a big contract in in Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, I, they did have to get rid of Tyreek Hill. Like they weren't able. No, to, they, it can't. It's not possible. They, they they can't have possibly had to get rid of Tyreek Hill because to, you can do whatever you want. They did and keep to, everybody you want all the time. They did have to get rid of Tyreek Hill. I mean, they did have to hit big on a lot of rookies. You know, they 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 turned to the draft on the defensive side of the ball to you yeah. know a lot of that. That great defense they had, it was a lot of drafted guys that they had that are on rookie deals that are really contributing on there. I, I think, okay, so, so we know what everybody wants to do, you know, as far as on the 610 team here wants to do. What do we think happens? How do we think? Because I, I personally feel like the Evans and Barkley people are going to be very disappointed when yeah. the offseason plays out. I don't think either of them are going to be Houston Texans when it's all said and done. If I had to guess, they're going to make a run at defensive players. Because D'Amico already said that's what he's going to do. They're going to make a run at defensive players. And uh, I think they'll spend on free agency, not necessarily on the marquee guys. Because, for one, it's hard to – like, remember, all this stuff happens very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, even though you have the legal tampering period and everything, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes fast and furiously. I think that, like, linebacker, I think they'll make a run at somebody like Patrick Queen, um, but I think there's just as good a chance that they end up signing, like, a Levante David or a Bobby Wagner. I like that. Like, both, both guys who are both very viable. Um, Levante David, I wonder with Tampa and, like, their situation and everything they're going to try to do, I think they would love to keep Levante David for his last couple of years. He's just been an institution. Career, career Buccaneer yeah. thing, yeah. He's going into his 13th year, but they're still good in pass coverage. Um, so I think that there, I think Christian Wilkins or somebody like that, they'll take a run at Matabike if he makes it to free agency. I don't, I don't know if they'll, I'm trying to figure out what's more likely that they re-sign Grenard or that they go after a Josh Allen. And I really, if I have to handicap what they're going to do there, I think they go after a name guy. Okay. I think, yeah, I think that I, I think edge rusher. Even though none of those edge rushers are, I, I don't think, maybe the ideal guy that they want, they understand just the the pure power and value of two guys careening off of opposite edges um, and that they can they can find guys like a Sheldon Rankins or what have you at linebacker or at, um, at defensive tackle, either in the draft over time or in free agency. And uh, like those two marquee positions, edge rusher and line, like linebacker is not a marquee position, but it's also not a great year in the draft either. 
and they they just right now they have one starting linebacker. Yeah, they don't. They've got Christian Harris, and that's it. They've yeah. got one starting linebacker. You got to spend money at linebacker, dude. If they if they went if they went Josh Allen, Christian Wilkins, and just said screw it, we are just we are. D'Amico's a defensive line guy, and we're going to turn yeah. this defensive line into a freaking juggernaut. I would get I would get as fired up about that as Lopez is about Evans and Barkley. Now, granted, my solution is probably significantly more expensive than Barkley and Evans would be. Well, maybe not significantly, but more expensive probably. The guy I'm curious about is Grover Stewart, the defensive tackle from the Colts. He's out there. I think he'd be, I think he'd be a bargain signing, uh, signing. But also is like he's like there's some stats with him. It's almost like looking at the over under stats in basketball. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be kind of careful. It doesn't always tell a complete picture. But like with Grover Stewart in the game, they were actually a really solid run defense um, in terms of expected points allowed. With him out of the game, they were the worst in the league. Yeah, like it was just a big difference. Now part of that is also baked into he wasn't in. He's he's not an every down player. But like he wouldn't be the marquee guy. But I can see several guys like that in the defensive line rotation. I would love to have Grover Stewart. I would too. I I, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he he always plays well against the Texans too. Um, He's yeah. Maybe I'm biased. Yeah, maybe we got an O'Brien Chris Polk thing going on. (laughs) Maybe. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you um, on a Tuesday here. All right, combine going on. D'Amico's going to meet with the media in a few hours. Albert Breer. Is it the combine? He had his Monday morning quarterback yesterday, and he was reporting on some things from the combine that make me oh, they make me so happy. We have CJ Stroud as the quarterback of this football team. We don't have to live through this anymore. We will tell you what that is coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. This free agency gets people popping, man. Gets people popping. Much, uh, much as I would love to have Evans, says a texter, I'm more so liking the idea of a Tyler Boyd save some money on a very talented 29-year-old. I, I think if you're asking me to predict, because the Texans are going to do stuff at every position because they need at least one or two guys at every position other than quarterback. Um, wide receiver, if I had to make my prediction, the free agency approach to wide receiver will be to get one mid-level guy like a Tyler Boyd type, and then they're going to attack it through the draft, and they're going to coach up John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson and hope that one of those two guys gets in as part yeah. of the rotation. You know, though, I guess the other side with the Mike Evans stuff is, too, that there's, you know, there's a possibility that none of these guys get the money that you're necessarily expecting them to. Um, but so there, there's that, I guess 
for me, I, I start thinking about just pass catchers in general. And I think about the tight end position more than anything. Like it's, um, you know, the Dalton Schultz isn't on the roster. There's Hunter, Hunter Henry or Noah Fant. Uh, like I, 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 is there anybody out there that you would, there's no way to forego signing a tight end in free agency. Because there's just no, there's nobody in the, the, you've got one really good tight end in the draft. Right now it doesn't look like the Texans would be in position to draft him without trading up. Um, so it does come down to like Dalton Schultz might not be your favorite guy on earth, but Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, you know, Adam Troutman, Austin Hooper, like there's not yeah, a lot out there to get quick, excited man. about. It dips yeah, quick. Yeah. Yeah. It dips so quick. it might be as simple as just re-signing or using that franchise tag. Now that you got that a little bit extra cash space there, a hey. little franchise tag. I was opposed to using the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz earlier. After kind of looking at the entire roster and the meager offerings in the free agency class, I'm actually cool with uh, the the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz. I now, go, yeah, especially, I, especially with the extra ten million. In if, if that tweet came out from Schefter that the Texans have placed a franchise tag on Dalton Schultz, my reaction would be a positive one. I got to put that. I guess that's not that's not my wish list per se. It doesn't get me excited or anything. Yeah. Um, but it's part of my my free agency scenario, like my dream free agency scenario. I guess would simply just be getting Dalton Schultz back. So. I got to put mine together tonight. I think my dream, like, what do I think? Like, what what is a reasonable what is a reasonable best five free agents that the Texans? Sign and I'll include their own guys, like bringing back the. What does that look like? I may have to. I, yeah. may, have to, I may have to go through that exercise. So um, we had uh, we had teased talking about the combine. The combine. Brock, Brock Bowers is uh, the, what got my brain thinking about the tight ends. Yeah, well, Brock Bowers is a guy that is probably a lot of people are saying, hey, he's a top ten talent, but because teams are drafting for need, there's a good chance he falls down into that mid tier, mid tier of the first round. Can I give you another good nugget from Albert Breer that might help Brock? Our Brock Bowers, me. our Brock Bowers case. Um, this is from Albert Breer from the Combine. Now, this this I'm excited about some of the things Breer had about the Combine in his Monday morning quarterback column for a couple of reasons. We'll get to the quarterbacks in a second, but as long as we're talking about Brock Bowers, Albert Breer, I had one scout tell me he thinks Bowers will come in under six foot two. Another Ooh. estimated he'll be just over that mark. Either way, this unicorn of a college tight end who was Mr. Everything for Georgia and a big-time playmaker on two national title teams, even a very willing blocker, that's key, is a real outlier from a size standpoint. So, so a, Now, he's listed at 6'4", pretty consistently. Yeah, so 6'2", yeah. is a big drop-off. Uh-huh. This reminds me of the rumors of Kyler Murray being 5'2". Yeah. <laughs> 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 wasn't there wasn't there a 55 floating around out there <laughs> I don't or something know they got that low <laughs> they're like there's a report that's a unnamed scout says i know for certain <laughs> I, he's going to be 4 I, foot 11 i don't know the guy that he's a puberty low. blocker so he could compete in the Seoul olympics i hear five, that's what i hear dude five, you caught me off guard with a 5 foot 2 kyler murray <laughs> um <laughs> under okay so this like this is the nerdy crap where i'm like okay i hope that like i Look, if this is something that forces teams off of Brock Bowers, if there's teams that get out the red marker to put an arrow down next to Brock Bowers because he's six one and seven eighths, then then so be it. Does that scare you at all, Seth? That he might be six two instead of six four? I just know my own eyes. I watch him on film, and I'm like, yeah, that dude looks like he can play football pretty good. This Brock Bowers. I think Bowers. The, the fact that you played at Georgia in that you know conference in those big games and everything for one. 
I think you get enough evidence of him playing against NFL-sized human beings. It's never, never the same, obviously. Um, but whatever concerns there might be about his height, then I, I, uh, they've, 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 uh, they've been offset by everything else about him. Yeah. Um, what's the, now, who is the, who's the source that said this? Oh, this is Albert, Bre- Albert Breer's column. Albert Breer. He said, I had one scout tell me he thinks Bowers will come in under six foot two. Um, I wonder. So we got to monitor this. Put this in our big book of things to monitor. Um, like, all right. If, if Albert Breer has these scouts working for him or, you know, that he has relationships with. Yeah. And Brock, let's say Brock Bowers comes back and measures just like just shy of six foot four. Does he does he not take any more information from that scout? I don't again, know. Yeah, you got to factor like, it in, right? You got to factor yeah. it in. Um, I just think it's funny, like that. This is like this is what's being like. Brock Bowers is a certain size right now. Like it is a data factual thing. They, I guess they just like they they don't know what it is. Like this guy, specu- how do you look at it and like as a scout? Like I don't know, man. My human eye tells me he might come in. Just under six foot two, like oh, okay, like he's going to measure eventually. <laughs> like all right, um, so well, you know, with Bryce Young, the big thing was his body weight because it wasn't that he was short as much as he was short and light. slight framed. Yeah, and then there was a lot of speculation, and that's a that's a tougher one to figure because there were people speculating that he would finish the season at like one seventy eight. Yeah, which is funny. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'd be curious to know how much he was able to maintain his weight through the year because he got up to. Like two oh five or so. He when did. He, was in. he did. Okay, well, this is what got me excited about Breer, uh, and this report from the combine. Ten things he's looking for. Quote: There are six to eight, maybe nine starting quarterbacks in this class. And my first reaction is: There's no chance. There's that many starting quarterbacks in this in this in this class. No, no chance. Six to eight starting. Has there ever been a draft? Where there's six to eight starting Maybe quarterbacks. Maybe like eventual like starting Actually named starters. Yeah. I don't know if there has been. Dude, it's I... Do you know how hard it is to find a single starting quarterback in no, a draft you're right. these you're, days? You're, you're, you're right. I, dude, anytime I look at this stuff, I look at the TV screen in our studio here, and I see the five top-rated quarterbacks at the combine. You know, it's K- left to right. Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, uh, Jaden Daniels, Penix, Bo Nix, whoever, McCarthy. I... I am so glad we are out of that game. I am so glad. I'm not only out of that game, but out of that game with maybe the only quarterback still on a rookie deal that their fan base feels good about, you know, yeah. or, or their or even their front office feels good about. Like it's the the degree to which we are in quarterback paradise right now cannot be overstated. Like you've got not just a promising rookie you have one of the top, I would say conservatively, 10 quarterbacks in football, and he's cheap for the next couple of years, and he looks like he's going to be a really good representation of the franchise, and he looks like someone who really cares about football, and I can just sit back from afar and read things like, there are six to eight, maybe nine starting quarterbacks in this class, and laugh and laugh and laugh <laughs> at all the fan bases out there that are going to get suckered into thinking they're going to get one of them. And the one we got is going to be one of these. I mean, somebody said that nine starting quarterbacks in this class. Go back to like okay, 2016 had 15 quarterbacks taken. So 2016 would be the year that if you were going to have nine starting quarterbacks, it might be Jared Goff yep. starter, Carson Wentz starter, starter, yeah, Paxton Lynch starter in the USFL. 
And then uh, yeah, <laughs> Christian Christian Hackenberger, or Hackenberg. Jeez, uh, dude. I get Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Connor Cook, Dak Prescott, starter, okay. Cardell Jones, Kevin Hogan, Nate Sudfield, Jake Ruddock, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, started a couple games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The yeah. Driscoll cat. Uh, yeah. So out of 16 quarter, 15 quarterbacks taken in that draft, would we have three starters? Yeah, yeah. three, I three, guess. Three established actual starters. Yeah, yeah. like, as dependent, you know, Jacoby Brissett started a couple of years, but like established, right. Like the, okay, the, four the, the with type, Jacoby, yeah. The type of, but the type of starter that you're hoping to get out of a draft, you know? Right, like, that you're like going to it like, oh man, glad we didn't, uh, yeah, glad, glad we stumbled in a bra. This is what, you know what this is, Sean? It's a damn Brock Purdy effect. It's the same thing that happens any yeah. every time, every single damn time, whichever position it is, the that a guy emerges as a stud player from the late rounds or as a rookie free agent the next year. Hey, you probably don't have to spend the money on uh, you know, why bother? You got Brock Purdy in the seventh round. Yeah. Hey, Arian Foster was an undrafted rookie free agent. <laughs> they forget everything they know about like probability or anything else like that. It's it just is. like nope. Happened once, it can happen again, it, I tell you. It's like Brady handed a baton to Brock Purdy as he was retiring. Like, here you go. Right. You're the day three quarterback that's going to be a QB for a bunch of good teams. People furiously trading into the sixth round oh, so crazy. they can find their next Tom Brady. Crazy. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you heading into the 9 o'clock hour. Hey, a reminder, we're giving away rodeo tickets this hour. Major Laser, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo on March the 8th. Um Peter King did his last Football Morning in America column yesterday. He named his favorite game that he ever went to. This is going to make some Houstonians a little angry. But Be nice he, to Peter King. He's he, an old man. He mentioned some of our media colleagues in the blurb about this game, which is a, it's, it's a pretty funny blurb. I think it's a story that's been told. Um, he also listed his five worst predictions, and there's a Texans-related one that somehow didn't make the list, which we will get to as well. Stay there. You're listening to Payne and Pendergast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.